Hey everybody, this is Ryan from the future. Just wanted to say apologies for it being a huge gap in our episodes. Life happens, things happen. Um, but we are back on a relatively regular recording schedule and we should be able to put out you know episodes back on a relatively regular basis. So that being said, apologies again and uh, hope you enjoy. gaming system that just had a bunch of pirated content on it do you remember that i don't remember that one yeah yeah he made he like was selling like the soldier boy like station or whatever what? i don't know whatever it was called and it was essentially like an emulator that had like a bunch of like nintendo and all these other like classic games on it wow um yeah and then he got like sued for a bunch of like copyright infringement uh, i see where the uh, outside voice is coming from it's the neighbors up on the hill I don't know if you can see their legs. Oh. But yeah. If we need to, we'll close the windows. All right. That's fine. Um, yeah. But that's impressive that the mic is picking them up from at least 100 feet away. Well, like whatever, whoever sung that song, voices carry. Oh. Carry on my wayward son. No, not carry on my wayward son. Oh. I don't remember the the words, but I just know that voices carry is voices one of the, the main lyrics. I, I don't know who... CK will probably tell us. I don't know who sung the original song, but I know the cover, which was by a band called Gangrene. Gangrene. Very punk rock. Okay. They also did a cover of Crocodile Rock. Ah, I love Crocodile Rock. Uh, You remember when Rock was young? Yeah, because me and Susie were having so much fun. Oh, man. Is that all you can got? Holding hands and skipping stones. Come on. I was like, hold on. I'm like, you you got to continue this on. I know. My bad. Anyway. Holding hands and skipping stones. So anyway... Um, the kiss me through the phone. Yes, I, it was like whatever was it like sway in the morning or whatever radio show that he does, or like inter- internet show that he does. He had like this is an old old. I know video. what you're talking about. I I, I don't. I think it's, I it's think sway it, no, with somebody. But he, wait, no, no, it's not sway. It's the one with a uh, Charlemagne that's on it. That's newer, isn't it? Ish. Because Sway had his own show. Or he did. has his own show. Yes, it's not Sway. It was whoever the I forget the name of the show. The uh, it's gonna kill me. That I can't remember. But whatever like radio show they have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Soldier Boy was on it, and he was talking about like "Kiss Me Through the Phone" song, and then he was uh, saying that Drake stole that stole like that beat for a different song. And there's like the real popular like clip of Soldier Boy going Drake, Drake. <laughs> oh man, poor Soldier Boy. I saw him perform once. Did you at, Indi- at Indiana? Oh wow! It was Awful. the saddest thing I've ever seen. I bet <laughs> it was almost as bad as Mike Posner. Oh well, it was like after that song already hit. Watch me crank it. So I don't, I don't know what I don't know anything beyond that, and obviously, kiss me through the phone. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. 
I don't I don't know any. <laughs> I'm sure there was more. Soldier Boy songs. He had an album. Did he? Yeah, he had a full on album. Jeez, poor dude. <laughs> Whoever produced that, it was it was him. Themselves. It was him with did, sunglasses. Didn't he have the the shutter shades? Was that him? Um, that was uh, I know Kanye. LMFAO. Soldier Boy. Soul food. By the way, I love soul food. Soul food. I love soul plane. Fuck. I keep searching soul food now. <laughs> Soldier boy. Soldier boy album. Album cover. This one. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's right. Okay. What do we got? Crank that. Kiss me through the phone. And then a bunch of other ones I've never heard. Oh, pretty boy swag. We know that one. The Rick and Morty song. That's Soldier Boy? Turn my swag on. Oh my Forgot God. about that. Remember when swag was a fun word? It's still a fun word. Who I've never I don't think I've heard that. You don't hang around. He also has a song called Booty Meat. People. I'm not mad about that. <laughs> booty Meat? <laughs> yeah. Is that any relation to booty sweat? I hope not. Oh. Um all you Tropic Thunder fans out there. <laughs> this is a dude. Disguised as a dude playing another dude. I know what dude it dude he is. I love that movie. That's probably one of my favorite movies. I when when uh, RDJ was on Joe Rogan, that like re-sparked the whole like conversation mm-hmm. of like because that was the last time blackface happened that I'm aware of on like a large scale. Probably, yeah. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, because other than that, like the only like equivalent would have been like white chicks mm-hmm. and white face and i think that was it hell yeah that i can i like that i can recall of, of the most recent future most recent future most recent past yes yeah i feel like those are the only two i'm sure there's probably more probably. but I, I just don't know yeah but uh yeah they really kind of re-sparked that whole like conversation of like should <clears throat> should robin should rdg be canceled it was funny because like i think jamie fox came to his side like there's so many black comedians and actors and actresses who are just like that's rdj like he performed it so well he gets a pass well and also there's there was also the argue the conversation of the fact that 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 entire movie is like supposed to be very tongue-in-cheek yes on just like the ridiculousness of actors absolutely um, it was, uh, yeah. What? Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Jack Black. No. Um, Are you talking Mel about Brooks? Oh. Mel Brooks. So like that movie was like in the realm of like what Mel Brooks did back then with you know like Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles, like all those very like we don't talk about it, but we're gonna poke fun at it. I feel like. In some comparison, not so much the race thing as Blazing Saddles had, but like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna the, say, I'm like, ah. yeah, not not so much the race thing that Blazing Saddles had, but like poking fun at like the fact that there is this happening in our day to day life, and it's just flowing by like nobody's paying attention to it. So All right. fair, I get yeah. behind that. Um, I love that movie, no. Blazing Saddles and Tropic Thunder. I haven't watched Blazing Saddles in a while. Oh my god, I watched it. Two weeks ago? That's like Marissa's, one of Marissa's favorite movies. Oh, my God. I could probably sit there and watch it with her and quote the whole thing. That and My Cousin Vinny. I love My Cousin <laughs> Vinny. Oh, my God. My biological clock is ticking. <laughs> oh, my God. Marissa Tomei for life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
If she ever listens to this, I love you. Like, I just I want I want it to be clear. I just want it to be clear. I've I've loved you since my cousin Vinny, hands down, Queen. Yes, Queen. Slay yes. Queen. Yes. Okay. All day. So we're we're Marissa Tomei fans. Oh yeah. We're stands. Sorry. We stand we're Marissa st- Tomei. We stand her? Yeah. What does that mean? It's like a like a hardcore fan, like ride or die type of thing. That's that's a real thing? It's a term, yes. It's like a now term or Yes. Oh, okay. Well then we're stands. Welcome to the internet. Jesus. Get on it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we're stands of Marissa Tomei. You ever heard the term "stan"? I've never heard the term "stan." It might be an acronym for something. I don't know, but that's like that's what the the thing is. Why is can't it, it just be "fan"? Like, what like what does the "st" have to do with it? I don't know. So totally aroused and neurotic. Like, I don't. How <laughs> stan? I don't. I like. I don't like. Why can't you just be a fan? I mean, you are, but it's like an extra fan. It's like an overzealous. I fan. feel like that's stupid. It's an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. This is ridiculous. This is borderline stalker. So, like, I stan. I stand with you? Yeah. I'll stand by you. No, like, I... Who do we stand? We we stan yes. uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Jinx. You owe me a soda. Um, and we stan Mercer Tomei. Oh. And Ryan Reynolds. Yes. But well, not The Rock. Not The Rock. <laughs> you hate The Rock. I don't hate The Rock. You dislike The Rock. I think The Rock is just overrated. Overrated. And then, yeah. So there you go. Your, yeah. Here's your new word I, of the day. I am a Marissa Tomei stan. There you go. She's in my zeitgeist. Well, no. Damn it. She's not really in the zeitgeist anymore. God. But Ryan Reynolds is. Ryan Reynolds is. Well, okay. And Keanu Reeves. Would, uh, would Marissa... Why, why would she not be in the zeitgeist? Because she's not um, like a... She's not like a consistent like. She was in thing Spider-Man. Within. Yes, there have been three. There's been like with, nine with three, with four, uh, five, six. Tom Holland seven with Tom Holland. There hasn't been three with Tom Holland. He said there has two. No, what's the third one? The most homecoming, recent one. far from home. Yeah, and no way home. Oh, no way home. Yeah. That's okay. That's right. Nerd. <laughs> or apparently not. Or ne- not nerd. <laughs> Not nerd. You're what's nard? Um, you're a nard. A nard. Um, but speaking of not nerds, nerds. jinx. You wanted to? Uh, oh man, bitch, I bitch God. about something today. Okay, so I've calmed down since. Um, probably for the better. Probably for the better. I even texted my boss and said, "Hey, I'm going to rewrite that email. Take a firm stand, but not be as aggressive and." <laughs> Not accusatory. Do you need me to over like look over this one? No, no, no. It'll be fine. Like I, I got everything <laughs> out that I wanted to vent out, and I just sent it to my boss, and he was like, "I understand. Like, let's let's rethink this. We'll talk about it Monday." And I was like, "Cool." And uh, as you know, I texted you. And I was like, "I'm fucking pissed." Right. So, well, hold on. Let first, me, first you go. Are you gonna work out today? You're like, "No, I'm yeah. mad. Never mind. I do need to work out. Yeah. I'm pissed." Yeah. <laughs> no, I said no. Um, and then I said, I'm mad. And then I was just like, all right, I need to work out. Yeah. Um, so for context, um, I, oh, that's so cute. I need to get a picture of this. Hold on. <laughs> Frankie is laying underneath the hammock. Underneath it. He's so cute. I love him. Which is, I'm not quite sure why there's an inside hammock, but. Because man. I don't want it outside getting sun bleached. Duh. Oh my god, look at those eyes. This is painfully I cute. I got it. I got it before you looked at it. That's oh awesome. God. Okay. So for context, I work in production. 
Um, won't tell you what. That way you can't look me up. Um, but I worked a two-day gig, and the first day didn't do anything. Typical. Second day um, worked probably for about five hours. Now, mind you, the backstory to this is they set up all of the equipment while I wasn't there. So I have very little idea as to what is ours, but I understand how our equipment works for the most part. Come end of day yesterday, the jib, for those of you who don't know what a jib is, it's a long black arm crane that holds a camera. Um, the jib operator decided to take off once he heard a rap, and a rap is an end of the day. Now, him being the only one that heard it, decided to take off immediately. Didn't tell anybody, just kind of bounced. The rest of us, mind you, there's a crew of like 20 guys on set, are still gathering ourselves, making sure cameras are where they need to be, monitors are where they need to be, lights are where they need to be. No one else has left the set. Literally no one has left. I get the call saying, hey, uh, prompter's a wrap. Thanks for the hard work. Uh, we'll see you next time. Cool. Let me figure out what's mine, what I need to take back. Also, I need to get my monitor off the jib camera. Walking over, looking for the jib guy. He's not there. Talk to the other guy. He does uh, color and contrast, and he's working on the camera as well. He's part of the camera crew. I go, hey, Ryan, do you know where the jib dude is? Not me. Not, not you, this, Ryan. <laughs> and he goes... Huh? No, I don't know where he is. And I go, okay. I like. I was like, I need help getting my monitor off the camera. We all know if you're in if you're in your own department, you don't touch anybody else's stuff. That's just the rule on set. Like, if your cameras, you don't touch lights. If your lights, you don't touch cameras. If you're me, you don't touch somebody else's stuff. Right? Cool. The jib guy was nowhere to be found. The camera guys. There was three left. They said, yeah, sure, we'll help you get it off. Cool. I trust you guys. You guys work with cameras all the time. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to get my thing. So they pulled the camera off the jib. I pulled my slider and my monitor off. That was it. They put the camera on an Apple box. Apple box is just a box. You can't really put anything in it, but you can stand on it or place things on it. And we left it at that. Mind you, I broke down equipment for two and a half hours by myself when nobody was there. I had to patch all my cables back, all my monitors back all my kickstands back fine no big deal right loaded so much equipment into my truck took it home thought nothing of it that was wednesday <laughs> i get a call and a text from my boss this morning saying hey um so the jib operator is telling us that you took his stuff and i'm like what could i have possibly taken from the jib it's a big black crane where would I go with it? Can you just load it up in the back of your truck? Yeah, and <laughs> it's not pot. Like you need a van, like a moving van to get everything in there. Um, so I'm going to read you a text. <laughs> I imagine, hold on, before you read anything, mm -hmm. this is, be careful what you put out there. So make sure that there are no names. I got can't it. assume anybody. I got it. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so Jib Operator, won't say his name, even though it's... <clears throat> says to my boss, boss, your boy pulled your prom promoter, didn't even spell prompter, right? 
Your boy pulled your promoter from my jib after rap Wednesday after I had left. So without my being present, nothing had been communicated regarding this need prior nor during nor after. I hadn't found out until the morning when I was to be ready to shoot. This, I hope you are aware, is highly unusual and unprofessional. I would never adjust, move, nor disassemble or really even touch your equipment without your permission or at the very least informing you. Nor would I guess would you without the same. Referring to my boss, not me. There is no excuse for this. Now referring to me. I don't know if your guy is brand new to the business, but this would still be unacceptable even then. He had at one point mentioned his years of experience during a previous incident at the last shoot when he showed signs of not knowing procedures nor accurate equipment knowledge. (laughs) But when you have to, have to, not have to, have to, try to convince someone when you're being questioned by telling them you have years of experience, then obviously your experience hasn't done you enough good. Also, that's not how that went down. (laughs) Uh, This could have been a dangerous liability on set, which I'm sure you wouldn't have wanted to be responsible for. I certainly wouldn't have, nor am I happy that I was potentially faced with having to be. Terrible run-on sentence. Okay, we're not here to debate grammar, okay? (laughs) I take my job seriously, as well as all safety issues and care of mine and others' equipment, and I expect the same from all my coworkers. And as a result of, again, not knowing the equipment of the company he works for, he took with him some vital pieces of mounting hardware from the jib, which required extra work and scrambling to locate a substitute and ended up costing valuable time and adding undue pressure to the production and crew. This hardware must be returned right away, and I'd recommend he offer his apologies to blank and blank, the directors of the shoot. Thanks. Ready for the vital pieces of equipment? Okay, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Do that first. Two, three-eighths, sixteenths, or half-inch bolts. Okay, so... Okay, so the... Because I don't know this stuff. Mm -hmm. So the... The jib mm-hmm. is the 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 crane mm-hmm. that holds the camera, right? And then your monitor goes on is, the camera is mounted onto the camera. Mm-hmm. So when you take off this monitor, I'm assuming, or sorry, with this monitor mounted, I'm assuming the mounting brackets are essentially for the monitor alone. Would that be correct? Ninety percent. We have a plate that attaches to our monitor mm-hmm. that the camera sits on. Okay. So in order to get the whole rig of mine off, the camera has to be plucked up, mm-hmm. set down or held, and then I can remove the whole sliding plate plus my monitor. Okay. And then the camera gets remounted. Yes. So with the two screw, these two screws, mm-hmm. Screwgate 2022. Yes. Um, what without those being on. The jib, mm-hmm. well, or sorry, what do those? So without the monitor being there, what do these two screws do for the jib? These screws will attach to another mounting plate so that he can put his camera back on. Okay, so not having these two, not having these screws, is a legitimate right. like thing. One hundred percent. Okay, I definitely don't deny that that was an important piece. Okay, however, the stress that he put on on how important they were and 
in which the text regarded me as the person who took them, they're easily replaceable or findable both within studio and back at our office. Now, that being said, like I said, I wasn't there a week ago when everything got built. Yeah. We have the same screws on that setup. So, easy mix miscommunication or mishap, I took them because they're the exact same ones that we have. Okay. Why would I not? It's it's on our equipment. It should stay on our equipment. Okay. Now, knowing what I know now, 100% my responsibility. Shared responsibility because the jib operator who helped mount it in the first place was not there to tell me these were his. Okay. So, conflict re resolution, Ryan's coming mm -hmm. into, coming out now. Yeah. So, in a proactive sense, mm -hmm. what, like, would it have been, like, you to talk to the like I don't, the director or producer or somebody like on a higher up to, to like to reach out to see where this dude went. Well, I did. I reached out to all the camera people who were his buddies. Okay. And I said, Hey, I need the jib guy. And the response was, we don't know where he went. Okay. Did anybody reach out? To him? I doubt it. Okay. Because their initial response was, we can help you take it off. Okay. Now, when those screws came out, I asked them, I go, are these mine? And they go, I don't know. Okay. So would it, would, um, I'm trying to even think now. All right. Then would it, would it have behooved you to potentially just leave them? I could have. I like it would, it wouldn't have upset my boss if I would have left them. Mind you, I'm breaking everything down by myself at this point beyond them helping me get the rig off the jib. <laughs> I got nobody to talk to. I'm trying to just, like I'm just trying to leave seven monitors, six kickstands and a ton of cable. So yes, I could have left them, but my mindset was bring all our stuff home. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Right. So, okay. Um, and so would these screws be something that would just like, would these just exist on set? 100%. Like as an extra spare parts type of thing. They actually do exist on set because the conflict was resolved because they found an extra set of screws on set. Okay. I'd be curious if anybody reaches out to like the producers or the director or whatever to see like, like how big of an issue was this? Uh, apparently, because I talked to my boss today, my boss said that everybody is upset on stage or on set, but not be directly because of me. They're just like frustrated. They're the situation. just frustrated. Like they've been frustrated with this whole shoot for the last week and a half. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're just so tensions are high. So they're just like oh, one other thing that we have to deal with. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I mean, it seems like it seems like in all fairness, like I don't think there's a a person to blame mm -hmm. that it was like a a communication issue. Yeah. Though I'll take your word on this that it does seem weird that the person like operating that is like the the sole operator to this like device, I guess, mm -hmm. um, just kind of like leaves before everybody else. Yeah. Unless there was some like weird union things, I know like unions are fucking weird. Right? When no, it comes we were to the well shows. under the 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 show officially. When I got my rap was five thirty. We were there eight, so eight to six. Basically, that's their ten hour day. Technically seven because we have a half hour or six thirty because we have an hour lunch. Okay. Right? So union is ten hours. Mm -hmm. We weren't at the ten hour. If anything, we're 
couple hours under. Eight hour or nine hour, eight hour mark, eight and a half hour mark, right? Yeah. Still plenty of time for him not to take off, right? Huh. Also, if your guys don't know where you're at, like the coloring guy, the color contrast guy was like, it's <laughs> unusual of him to just disappear. All right. So, again, complete lack of communication on all ends. I won't say I was not part of it, right? But it's hard to communicate with somebody you don't have access to, and they <laughs> kind of disappear. Yeah. So. Okay. So in my rage or fury, <laughs> I wrote my boss an email venting what I wanted to say. Um, it was very aggressive. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I, I did tell you, you know, my boss asked me, like, how do you want to respond? And I said, with violence. <laughs> and he said, but how do you really want to respond? Um, and I said, I'll, I'll write an email. So I wrote an email. Um, and, and, and this is to like the... This is to my, my boss. Like, I didn't send it out because he was like, vent well, to me first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who, who would this email be sent to? I was going to send it to production. Okay. To the, to the product, production company. Gotcha. Um, which I still may send to the production company after I rewrite it <laughs> now that I've calmed myself. Um, but essentially my email was, I, I claimed responsibility for taking the screws as I had not known they were mine. I apologize to the production company. Um, but then I also went on the offense and said, this dude disappeared. He's claiming, you know, no communication, but how do you communicate with somebody who doesn't stay on set to be able to communicate? He attacks my experience. He attacks my character, essentially saying I stole his equipment. Um, like, I, I I won't tolerate that. I won't tolerate being accused of thievery. Yeah. Now, it wasn't in that nice of context, um, <laughs> but I've calmed myself, and I also am aware that the studio has security cameras. Yeah. All they need to do is watch the footage of him, find him leaving before everyone else, and then also find the three guys that helped me take my stuff off. I think, like, the the good way to go about that it would be, like, I think admitting admitting some level of fault is always nice, yeah. right? Which you essentially said you did. Um, and be like, yeah, you know, these, you know, um, I would almost frame it as, like, you know, we were wrapped as I was going to break down, break down, like, our equipment. Um, I was looking for... X, who, or you know, this guy mm -hmm. who was operates this thing for from a, some assistance. Um, I talked to his, like his crew, I guess. Yeah, or the other camera guys on set. Like the other camera guys, nobody was nobody was able or no one knew where he was. Mm -hmm. Um, but they offered to help, right? Kind of. Yeah. Like be like you know the camera people asked to help. Yeah. Um, and like you know I asked if this was ours, they didn't know, and I just assumed that this was ours. You know, my bad. Yeah. That type of thing. Um. So that way it makes it look like at least you want to throw in like the that you threw you made effort to like to, to try reach and out figure and, it out. Yeah. Um, um and then you can even throw in be like, you know, when I asked where he was, they said that he already left um, you know, before everybody else was wrapped. So, yeah. you know, we couldn't find him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, that that that's definitely going in the email. Or if it's not, it's already in the email. Yeah. Yeah. I I I yeah, like I said, I claimed responsibility. I was like, look, I'm at fault for taking these. You know, um, I explained that, you know, I, I asked where he was. I needed assistance. They had no idea, but they offered assistance to get it off. And that's where it went with it. And that's like, that's somebody being, like, <clears throat> messages like that are just somebody being really pissy. 
Um, when it start, when you start throwing in like liability, I wouldn't want that. I'm mm-hmm. sure you wouldn't want that either. Yeah. Like, you know, trying to like raise the stakes of the situation. Right. Yeah. Um, to Be- beyond what it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, you know, if it was something that was like a vital piece that was like, you know, this th- tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. worth of like camera. Yeah. Like uh, if I took the camera lens. Yeah. Like, like I think, or if it was like something that like risked the integrity of the entire unit. Yeah. Which also, if there was two screws that would, that was the case, we got a bigger problem to be like said just from like an engineering sense. Way bigger. <laughs> but way bigger. But like if it was some like massively integral part to everything, like maybe that would be a little bit more of like a grounds of like raising the, you know, the quote unquote severity of the mm-hmm. situation. But right. it doesn't seem like it was all that big of a deal. Yeah. Frustrating. We can all agree on that. Agreed. But yeah, to, to be like, you know, this is un, uh, unreasonable. Yeah. So what what was the deal with the uh, the whole experience thing? Uh, oh, so... Like, um, why, why are you... Uh, so that got me up in arms because... So when I was dealing with the color contrast guy last time, um, again, I brought monitors. Monitors I was given from my company. I don't own the company. I work for the company. And at this... At this specific shoot, they were complaining that the pixels on the monitor were too jagged and that I needed to smooth it out. And I was telling them it's not it's not the pixels like it's not the monitor's problem, it's the software. The software just output out has an output like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with the output being what it is, it looks like uh, what are the uh, Minecraft blocks? Right? So it was looking pixelated. So it was looking pixelated because of the software, but not because of the monitors. So I was explaining to Jib Guy and Color Guy that there's literally nothing I can do because the software sends it that way. That's it, it, like maybe I could change the font, but we're halfway into the shoot. At this point, I would have to reformat everything. So I'm not going to give me a better solution. Well, you could get better monitors was their response. I go, great. I can plan that for the future. What can we do right now to fix this? What are these monitors? 480p? Yeah, 480p. Are they serious? Yeah. I mean, that is pretty low resolution. But they're high, they're high brights. So like the like I'm only putting words on there. Yeah, it's also text. It's also text. It's Which only text. Blocky as is. And I put it in large enough font that it's never an issue, right? So I asked, again, I go, give me a solution. Well, you could change the font. I go, again, I could, but we're mid-shoot. I would have to reformat everything. What else can I do? Well, I don't know, probably upgrade it or do an upconverter to SDI or HDMI. I'm like, great. Do you have one? No. Okay. So we're back to square one. (laughs) Well, why don't you have one? Because it wasn't ordered because we've never had an issue with somebody complaining about the text. Like, well, I'm complaining. Great. You're the color contrast guy who works with the cameras. The talent reads that monitor. You don't read that monitor. Offer me a solution. Did anybody, was anybody complaining about it? No one reading it. No one reading it complained about it. Okay. No one. And so I was asking them, what is your issue with the monitor? Well, I just think it looks bad. Okay. Great. You're not reading it. It's also not going on anything else that anybody's seeing. Yeah. 
So what is the issue? I don't understand. Like, give me a solution. Otherwise, shut up and go back to your job. I said that. Probably shouldn't have, but I said <laughs> that because at this point, they're just they're just complaining and not offering a solution. Ryan walks away. Jib, by, Jib guy comes to me later and he goes, hey, man, I don't think he was, you know, trying to, like, talk smack about your monitors or, like, but, you know, he was just trying to tell you, like, it looks pixelated. And I go, great, I understand that. But there's nothing I can do about it. As I've already explained, it's the software. He goes, no, I think it's the monitor. And I go, <laughs> okay, so if it's the monitor, how do you address that we fix it? So I'm going to offer a suggestion. You just leave it alone when nonsense like this hops up. I wanted to, but they were in my face. It- they, are they in your face screaming at you be like your monitor's too low resolution yes <laughs> yes believe it or not they were literally standing there while i'm adjusting it and they're like your monitor is a bad like we're standing face to face your monitor is a bad resolution then we had that conversation i walked back to my table to leave it alone i'm like cool you can't give me a solution we're done it's resolved jib guy comes over to my table He's 20 feet away from me, comes over to my table to continue the conversation. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, this is over. Why are you here? This doesn't involve you whatsoever. You literally control the crane. You don't control the pixelation. You don't control the text. You don't control the coloring. Well, from the sounds of it, nobody controls the pixelation. Nobody, <laughs> except for this guy. Okay? So I told him, He's like, he's like, you don't have to get upset about it. And I go, I'm upset because I kept getting complaints and criticism with no offers of a solution right now. You kept telling me to get new monitors. Great. I don't work for the company. Write the owner a letter or I'll pass it on. You kept telling me we need an up converter. Great. Go buy one because we were never asked for one because no reader has a problem with it. Yeah. That was the issue. So for him to throw that in there, of him not even, it wasn't even involving him, is just like, why are you going after me? Like, is maybe it because... Maybe he doesn't like your face. I, Which is fine. He can, <laughs> he, which is fine. He doesn't have to look at it, right? Like, he should worry about the crane. <laughs> he doesn't have to look back this way or walk 20 feet to pick up another conversation with me. All right. So this is 100% on him as to why, like, I have issues with it. <laughs> yeah beef with the jib guy yeah, like i didn't before <laughs> but it's just like you you have no reason to defend this guy zero reason like i wasn't upset at him because he was making like he wasn't coming at me he was coming at the monitor but he wasn't offering solutions so it was just frustrating to hear it over and over <laughs> like i don't want him to repeat himself like it gets us nowhere and then for him to walk 20 feet to continue the conversation like dude go away <laughs> go away go back to your little jib chair Sit there and wait for orders. Man, you don't gotta be condescending to the jib oh, jib boy. Oh, he earned it. Jib because, Jones. Because the jib guy before him, I loved. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I love the jib guy. I every jib guy I know, I have appreciated, respected because they've always helped me with the monitor solutions to get them on, to get them off. They will walk up to me and go, Hey, are you done for the day? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm done for the week, actually. Can we pull this off? They'll stick around. This guy, on the other hand, has some other thing on his mind, which, sure, if it's, you know, stressing him out, I get it, but don't come after me. Yeah. Don't come after me. I promise you, it won't end well. Don't come after me. Yeah, okay. That's fair. 
I wanted to punch him in his face. Did you at some point bring up your experience to like combat this situation or the previous situation? Yeah. Well, yeah, I had told him I've been doing this. I said this. I've been doing this for 10 years and no one's complained about the text. Okay. Which, which is fine. I feel like it's a fair set. Fair like, it's not. Defense. I've been doing this for 10 years. I know everything there is to know about pixelation and monitors and upgrades. And, like, I really don't. I don't care. But in my years of experience, no one has complained about the square pixel on the word. Is this monitor that you have, I mean, you may or may not even know this answer. Is this like the standard fare or are there like newer No, there's newer, newer ones now, okay. but they're expensive. Again, I don't own the company. I'm working with what can I'm Can you given. go to like Costco and pick up like a... They can go to Costco. Like, an, like, a, uh, like a monitor. Is it like the same as like a computer monitor? No. Okay. It, it could be, but not the ones we're using. Gotcha. Right. So what's like special about this that like... The, what, like what's, what's unique about these monitors? Nothing. They're old. They're just boxy and they fit everywhere. They're 15, 24, and 12 inch. Oh, I mean, I mean like in the sense of like what's what's unique about these monitors to make them like specific for like productions? Nothing. They're just like that's just what the company has. They're, so they're they're just like essentially like like a they're essentially a computer monitor I could, or yeah. like a TV. Yeah. Yeah. I could literally lay the TV because it's the glass that reflects the words off. Oh, so you read yes, it. that's right. Literally, there's nothing special about these monitors. Okay. Except for maybe, well, not even that, because you could put bracketry on 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 a c- computer monitor. So yeah. there's nothing special about them. There's no reason to have them aside from the company already has them, and they're not willing to spend money on new monitors. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, that's which fair. is out of my control. Those have to be old as hell. They're old as shit. If they're that low res, they're old as shit. Because like 1080 was a like 1080 was becoming the standard in yeah. like 2008. Yeah. No, they're older than that. <laughs> yeah, they're old as shit. They they only take composite and, oh no and rd rdi or what's the big plug the rgb no not rgb rgb no fuck vga vga yeah so they only take vga and, and composite cable <sighs> right like that's how old they are that's what i'm given I, I i i literally can't do anything else that's true and i don't even know i don't even think you can you can't even upconvert that because the monitor, it doesn't matter what signal you send into it. It doesn't. It's only going to show up as whatever the resolution of the screen 100%. is. 100%. So. 100%. Like the only, the only thing that would change, the only, the only thing that could make it better is literally having to get a better monitor. 100%. So. Thank you. Yeah. This is what I've been trying to tell them. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Maybe they're, I, I don't know. Maybe you just caught him on a bad day. And oh, he he made my day bad. It's a, <laughs> he made my Friday bad. Not your Friday. My Friday. I wasn't going to do shit today. <laughs> and then I ended up working out, which was still good because it was a good workout. That was a good workout. Yeah. Um, right. Do you have any other frustration? Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck Jib Boy. Yeah, fuck Jib Boy. <laughs> uh, but no, that's my frustration for the day. That was me venting. I appreciate you uh, letting me vent to you and everybody else I vented to today. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um. Yeah. No. I. I've since calmed down, and I realize, like, if any action wants to be taken against me, all I literally have to say is check the security feed. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a well-worded email can get that across like perfectly well. And my my guess is that if th- if this guy is willing to send an email to your company, it like, wasn't an email; it was a text. Oh, can you believe that shit? Okay. So if he's willing to write a text to your boss how did you even get your boss's number it's on the call sheet oh, okay well. which i'm like why didn't you reach out to me pussy i'm on the call sheet 
Yeah. Pussy. Especially going straight to your boss, which makes me believe that he pro- this person probably is a pain in the ass in other situations as well. Yeah. So my, I'd be surprised if there weren't other people who were like, ugh. Jib guy again. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny, and like, not that this is involved with my situation, but like, when we're on set, the directors are calling him by name, telling him to push or pull. He's not listening. He doesn't listen. He's always on his phone. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, they call the action, and you're just sitting there, like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Do man. your job. I do mine. That's what matters, bitch. man. Hey, look! You, you got a cl- you got a clean tr- clean track record. People like you. People that's will what I'm come saying. to your defense. It, that's what I'm saying. Like a, a well worded email, some ownership. Have you ever, have you ever worked with like this uh, production like team before? For four years. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, for four years. It's the same it's the same, same company. Oh. I, this is the one I travel with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They request me by name. Not that it's a brag, but that's how they know me. They want. They're like, yeah, we want ET. Yeah. Okay. Do they call you ET? They do. Even oh, so they're even you're on, on you're set. On, you're on nickname basis. Even on set, <laughs> the big boss walks up and he goes, "Good morning, ET." Like, I love it. No, you're good. You're I, fine. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> they're gonna be like ET. They're like Eric. Who's Eric? Eric. Yeah. yeah pretty oh, much. oh, ET. Oh, ET. Oh, yeah. No, no, we like that guy. No, he's fine. Yeah. He's like, get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> you're a dime a dozen, boy. Yeah. Jim l- boy. L- literally everyone in that office, I'm on a first name nickname basis with. All right, you're good. What's not to like about you, anyway? There's a lot. <laughs> Your commanding presence. <laughs> I do have a commanding presence. <laughs> Somebody told me that this morning, and then they proceeded to uh, compare me to Captain Morgan by putting... Oh, because you put your foot up on boxes? On a box, yeah. I love it. Yeah. They're like, you do this. And I was like, when have I ever done that? And I'm trying to think, have I ever done that? <laughs> probably. I probably have done that. It's like such a generic coach thing to do. It's so you have subconscious. Yeah. Is it that and like we were saying last yesterday oh about God. holding the holding uh, PVC. only PVC pipe? <laughs> I'm so glad I throw mine when I'm done with it. Did I just throw it on the floor? It's such a like it's such a common thing. Like I I I don't know if I've ever referenced this before here, but if I haven't, if I have, sorry, you're gonna hear it again. Yeah. But when so like I took an L2 or when I took my L2, one of the big things that they made note of was like let go of the PVC pipe. Yeah. And because the people in my like my little group when we would do like breakouts, the they were like constantly like holding on to the PVC pipe while trying to demonstrate stuff and like being visibly frustrated the fact that the thing that's in their hand is in the way of them coaching. Yes. And but it's like it's such a common new coach thing to walk around with it in your hand because it like gives you something to do. Yeah. Um and so we were last night we were kind of commenting because I was just making kind of poking fun a little bit at <laughs> the the person that was coaching because they just wouldn't set it down. No, they held it the whole almost class. the entire time. It was no, real, I think it was the whole class. I left beforehand, but oh. the yeah, it was kind of it was just kind of funny because it's like it's so common. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> so for if you're a new coach, like put the PVC pipe down. Yeah, once you're done showing the movement, put it away. And I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like the other day we were doing like snatches and I would like notice myself like walking around like a walking stick. I've and done then like, that. I, I take just, that back. I've done it. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's it's like a, it's like habitual for yeah. some reason. 
Um, and then I was like, what am I doing? And then set it down. And then almost right. almost immediately tripped on it. Yeah. Um, like an idiot. I do that. Like, I'll catch myself. Not that I catch myself. I'm like, oh, what an idiot. I'm holding a stick. I'll catch myself because somebody's doing something. And I'll put it down so I can show them how to do it with their, with their PVC or their barbell. And I'm like, where'd mine go? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Then you're like, hey, let me borrow your Yeah, let your me borrow that real quick. quick. Yeah. You're not using it. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that, that that's so it's such a funny thing. It's weird. It's weird, but it's not. It's super common. You think is, it's like it's similar to like how when people are trying to quit cigarettes, they like keep something in their hand or like they chew gum instead to like keep themselves distracted. A thousand percent. Yeah. Well, it's like well maybe not a thousand percent. Maybe like five hundred. Okay. Um, let's not get crazy here. <laughs> well, I know with like with like smoking, for example, there's because there's there's the habit that is being built on that is so you have like the oral fixation thing. Mm -hmm. So it's the part of like having like something in your mouth. So like, that's where like gum comes into play. Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes like, sometimes the, like the hand thing, like the fidgeting, like the arm motion. So like, you'll notice a lot of times, like people who used to smoke or are in the process of quitting, like if they have like water with them or drink with them, they're like, really consistent on like taking sips, taking drinks because of this like habit of like pulling the cigarette to their mouth. It's kind of, it's super weird um, how like our brains work that way. Yeah. It's like, we have to, we have to distract ourselves by distracting ourselves. Well, it's not so much a distraction, but it's more so like the fact that something has become so habitual. It's become like an ingrained like movement. So are we breaking the habit or are we changing the habit? Okay. Calm down. Cause I know exactly where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will not succumb. Um, it's it's not even it's not even it's neither of those. Mm-hmm. Neither, 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 either. <laughs> it's not. It's neither one or th- nor the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's because it's become such a habitual habit. Uh, it's become so habitual that we almost instinctually find other things to like qualm that habit. It's almost like a, it's like almost like OCD esque mm-hmm. um, where you like either have to have like, like you see, you tend to see people like chewing on straws, um, especially if they are like out or something like that, chew on like the straw, uh, chew on gum, fairly, fairly consistent, like drinking um, just from like the habit of like, like I said, like something in your hand going to your mouth. But then the other part to it that's weird is like the lifestyle habits of it as well. And so there's almost like anxiety that gets induced when you don't have the thing that you used to do. Yeah. So like, so when I was quitting, so when I like, when I was in the process of quitting smoking, the interesting thing was like when I would get into my car because I was like so accustomed to like get in my car, get my stuff going, start driving, light like have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. And like when I stopped smoking, I like had this like weird like anxiety of like, what do I do? What do I do with? Yeah, my it was hands? like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> like, what's going on? And that's effectively the time that I also started drinking coffee because mm-hmm. I didn't normally drink coffee. Yeah, um, and it was like literally because I would like drive, like this is when I was doing like some of the community college stuff, and I would like drive, go grab like a coffee, and then like drink my coffee like habitually yeah. on my way to school. It was super weird. Yeah. It's it's it weird habits that we pick up. Weird habits. Yeah, and it's it's a uh, I guess like kind of somewhat speaking on the body at this point, like bring it into some of the fitness world. 
Um, and you see, you see the shit all of the time too. And it's, it's really funky, like how, how ingrained things can be. So like one of the girls that I work with is, uh, uh, does like roller derby. And so because of like, she's been doing roller derby for so long that when we do certain movements, like I have to remember to cue her to like change position because she'll default to the position that she'll go in for mm-hmm. roller derby. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not on skates. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> like stop doing what you're doing obviously i say more than that but like but because that's what her body is so used to doing she'll just default to it right um it's like you know with like crossfit we tend to see a lot of people like tend to sit in their toes when they do movements right um or they like don't know how to like hinge at the hips Mm -hmm. so they like tend to squat more um it's weird um but it's like it's a this new experience or new movement or a new like stimulus for the body like they, you just default to your normal or what's known. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. That makes sense. So like all the like all of the runners that I work with, which for some reason I'm just picking up all of the runners. Again? Yeah. Jeez. Again. I mean, I'm not mad at it. You but, were a runner, boy. Uh, I'm not mad at it because they need uh, so much work. Yeah. But um, almost all of them are like I the first like while of us going like working together has been teaching them how to put their weight in their like heels or okay. they, or even just midfoot. Yeah. Because they'll all just immediately default to their toes because they're so quad like quad heavy. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and like teach them how to feel their butt because half of them like have no idea what like a glute squeeze feels like. Yeah. Or their hamstrings. So that's a wild ride. <clears throat> yeah. That's uh, that's always uh that feeling is always fun to teach like I can't feel it. And you have to like you have to put them in a position, and then you go, okay, I want you to do this motion. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's new. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be, but yeah, I, you know, I that's start, what you should feel. <laughs> I, yeah, I started working with one of the massage therapists, and uh, I did, I did teach, she like, I did teach her how to hip hinge. Yeah, and because I remember we were like we were all kind of like shooting the shit. Um, it was like a bunch of us in the in the room, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I made a comment about it, and she was like, "What do you?" She's like, "I don't know what that means." And I was like, "I'm like here, it's this," and I showed it, and then one of the other like the massage therapists showed it, and uh, and then she like went to go try and do it, and like couldn't move her hips. And I was like, "Oh, you're," I'm like, "Your world's about to get rocked <laughs> by teaching you how to bend at your waist." Oh, like, this is man. insane. It it it's insane, but I'm starting to see it's a lot more common than I thought. It's so common. Yeah, it's crazy how now we've we're lucky in that with crossfit it's the the hip hinge Mm -hmm. and if you're not sure what i'm talking about it's literally bending at your waist think of like a deadlift an rdl position or if you want to imagine if you're older you want to imagine like a drinking bird it's like kind of that concept so you're rotating from your hips um but it's it's wildly but we're so we're lucky in like crossfit because we do it so often that people like you kind of like have to figure it out yeah. very quickly. Yes. Um, and then once you kind of like feel what that's like, it it's like kind of like riding a bike. Like you just kind of know how to do it from there mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but for people who like are brand new coming in or have never like done like practice weightlifting, um, not Olympic lifting, but just like lifting weights. Yeah. Um, it's a very new like sensation. I remember this guy that I used to work with in Chicago who like, I mean, it took me, forever to teach him how to bend at his waist yeah like forever to a point where like i was like he was like are we gonna do like barbell stuff and i was like yes 
when you can actually figure this out. Eventually. I'm like, when, you, when you've like learned this movement, we a thousand percent can. But like, one, it was my, my ignorance... My ignorance as a new trainer, like I didn't have a, uh, you know, a good toolbox of cues to help him out or the ex- or all of the experience needed to be able to help him out um, in that regard. So it took longer than it probably should have. Eventually got it. But man, that was a wild ride because what you what you usually find is that a lot of people will just bend from their back. Yes. So they'll like start the motion and you're like, oh, you're right there. You're like you, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you're like so close, like a couple more inches and you're, yes. you're going to be in the movement that I want you to do. And then all of a sudden, their lower back just like, Kirk, and just like bends. And mm-hmm. like, ah, so oh, close. Damn it. damn it. Almost. Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had I had something similar to that this morning um, with the devil's press. Um, in hindsight, I probably should have just made him do kettlebell swings um, to teach him that position. Because he found it once I explained it to him. Um, but it took a while. Yeah. And so in hindsight, I probably should have just had him do kettlebell swings. That's also... <clears throat> it's it, so we, we were talking about I was talking about this when I covered a class the other day and we were doing dumbbell cleans mm-hmm. and so everyone kept asking like is it from the like from the floor and I was like yes but and I'm like let me demonstrate something and I was like showing them I'm like I'm like I myself don't have the mobility which is crazy because I'm fairly I'm fairly mobile You're pretty mobile yeah to be able to reach the floor with the dumbbells while maintaining a neutral spine. Like, my back has to bend. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's like, unless I go super knees forward, I, I can't reach. Yeah, like you have to like almost squat. Yeah. Like low bar squatted, essentially. Yes. Um, and so I was like, if you can't do this, I'm like, even I can't do it. Yeah. I'm like, I want you to go from like the hang. And so there was a couple of people who were trying, and I was like, no, no, no. Yes. I'm like, all right, so all of you, I'm like, I want you to think of it, don't worry about the floor, but think about, like where the bar would be like mid shin type of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew everyone in the class at least could do that much, yeah. um, which is great. Right. And it like saved their back as we went through that. Um, yeah. But like the devil, like devil press, in case you're not sure, you don't know what that is. It's essentially like hold on to a pair of dumbbells, do a burpee, and then essentially do a double dumbbell snatch. So from ground to overhead in one movement. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, I would argue that's a very advanced move. Oh, I agree. As simple as it seems, like the mechanics of what you have to do with your body to make it like somewhat effective, um, without like hurting yourself, blowing your up, blowing up your back in its entirety. Yeah, uh, it's it's really up there in like understanding how your body moves. I hate it. I hate that movement. I don't mind it if you teach it well. Yeah, because like I like the single arm version of it. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, well, it's a lot easier to, to do well. Yeah. I think, I think with the double press, the, the way that I like to teach it is kind of like a burpee kettlebell swing. Yeah. Essentially. That's kind of what you have to do. That's what I, that's how I explained it this morning. So like I was watching some people do it today or like later on and they were essentially doing like the burpee and then leaning over pretty aggressively with some of them around in their back, pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty rough. And kind of doing almost like a clean from the floor. Yeah. And so what I what the way that I like to teach this one is almost like you go into like hands around the dumbbells the entire time. So you do your burpee. When you kick your feet up, you don't kick your feet up all the way up to the where your hands are, kind mm-hmm. of what you 
tend to see with like burpees. Yes. And you keep them a little bit further back and you essentially like hike the dumbbells back like you're going to do a kettlebell swing and then essentially bring them up and overhead from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that more often than not tends to put people in a pretty decent position, assuming they know how to get into that position, maintain rigidity well. Right. Uh, one of the alternatives to that is I had them do the burpee, not so like not as far to hike it, but somewhere in between kind of deadlift it and then perform a kettlebell swing. Yeah. I think that's a good alternative too. Yeah. It's slower. It's slower, but, but it's, it's saved their back. Like I was seeing a rainbow into a rigid line. So I was like, cool. That's what I wanted. So it works. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, today's workout was gross. I did not like it. <laughs> Not ours. Ours was fun, but the the programmed one was. Even though we did wall balls two days in a row, oh on ac- kind of on accident. I, you know what? I didn't mind it. I thought my legs would be a lot more fried. I felt better today than I did yesterday. I agree. Like significantly. I agree. I think today's wall balls were easier. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because I, I, I was doing like like five to eight mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, on, on yesterday's workout. Yeah, and then today I hit all 11 unbroken. Yeah, same. And then I just did 10s. I tried 10 to, and then 15. I tried to catch you, and I did 15, 15. And then when I saw you were finishing on my last set of 15, I was like, ah, screw it. I'll just take my... <laughs> well, not take my time, but I'll, I'll change my pace so I'm not dying. Like, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, because like, when I was working out with you, like w- I told you wall balls was my weakness. Now I, I love wall balls. I feel like I could hit 15s continuously through a workout. Ugh. My wall balls have gone, gotten so much worse. As time has progressed. Well, you're a runner boy. Well, this was even before that. Oh, really? Yeah. Because like I remember at my at my peak, um, we did a uh, Karen. Yeah. And I think I did like 115 or something like that. Unbroken? Yeah. Wow. Because I was like, I'm going unbroken. Like that was the goal. Like me and one of the other guys were like, we're going to go unbroken. Like tell you, tell you cannot do it anymore. Yeah. Um, was the was the goal. That's nuts. And so, yeah, I think I hit. I hit like one one ten over a hundred for sure, um, somewhere around there, and I was so pissed because the way that we had it set up is like when you break because we were trying to force people to do like massive sets, yeah. And so if you broke, you had to go for a run, which is the worst as well. Yeah. So I like completely fatigued out, um, and I'm fairly confident in saying that I like I missed one of the last like that last rep, and mm-hmm. I was like, whoops. Yeah. And uh, I had to go for this like horrendous trot. <laughs> to try and like just it was just, it was like a short run it was like yeah. a 200 or something but i was like just dead leg the entire time oh, uh god and then finish it up so i did for i did karen in two sets yeah that's that's impressive i think the fastest i've ever done karen rx was like 808 yeah yeah i i haven't tested it in years just because i sucked at wall balls like i had no rhythm i had no breathing control like I just burnt out. Like I would hit twenty five and then like fives. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. ten sets of fifteen is way easier now. It's true. Well, you know what's interesting when we did uh, this was like a while ago when we were doing like the the bigger like group workouts and stuff for mm-hmm. like you know the quote unquote competitor training. Yeah. We um our competitor group our competitor group yeah there was a workout that we did once and I remember like I think Mikey and george were in the class mm-hmm. that had like wall balls and they were doing like monster like monstrous sets yeah and i ended up doing like breaking them up pretty aggressively yeah um to, i think it was like maybe like 15 or 20 or something something like that um because it was a huge set and i uh 
I ended up, I was like behind them by like a couple seconds. Yeah. By like doing a short one, literally like letting the ball drop, take like that half step back, breathe, and then go straight back into it. And uh, they were all like, what the hell did you do? Like, did you cut reps? Yeah. Or like, what's going on? I was like, no, I'm like, I don't, like, it's just overall, like my pace was smoother about as about the same with you yeah doing less sets and feeling essentially less fatigued yeah it was kind of it was kind of an interesting like practice i don't remember that one i feel like i was there but i don't remember it you were pretty much everyone i was yeah. i don't i have no idea what it was but god I, I remember the one with the ring muscle-ups and the bar muscle-ups and i substituted pull-ups and we all tore it was, just, it was nasty <laughs> there were some horrendous <laughs> workouts on that we were doing oh uh, those are fun though like those are fun training days Especially when they had like that big group coming. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I need to bring that back. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could. I wonder if we. If I we, thought you already asked. No, I wanted to bring the like the cardio bodybuilding stuff to the gym, but yeah. it just doesn't make sense to fit it in. Yeah. Um. Though I was contemplating because, so I'm gonna take over for one of the Saturdays. Yeah, next Saturday. Yeah, and uh, Sarah was asking. She was like, "Do you want to write the workout for it?" Which I didn't know that she wrote those. Yes. Um. So I was like, "Ooh, maybe." And I was like, maybe I can force my cardio bodybuilding workouts into this. But then I was like, oh, wait, it's a partner workout. So I don't know how this is going to. Though uh, it's still possible. It could. It would. That would. That would. I would have to literally. I would really have to sit there and think about it because it would be a logistic, logistical nightmare. Yes. Um, 100%. To try and do too many of these things back to back. But the one thing that I thought was interesting or that that's interesting. One of the guys was like, he's like, what if we, he's like, if you, he's like, do it as like two, like A team versus B team. Ooh. So it's like one giant workout rather than like just a partner workout. Yeah. So, but I was like, well, I'm, I'm like, okay. I, that would also be a logistical nightmare. It would be, maybe. I might, I might sit and think on that one because that might be fun to do. Like if there's like a big class and it's like, all right, like, we have six people in group A, six people in group B, or however it is. It'll probably be eight and eight. Eight and eight, whatever. Um, <laughs> seriously, Frankie? <laughs> okay. Well, oh hopefully that God. one. But here's, we took the bone away because he was making he was a lot of noise. Slobbering all over the bone. And now, down. And now he grabs a squeaky toy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, but I might think on that of like if there is a way. <laughs> okay. Sorry, dude. I. Oh, he's not gonna let that one go as easy. Watch out! Watch out, bud. That's his baby. Oh, he's gonna hate Uncle Ryan. Uh, it's fair. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. See, the trick if you're trying to get your dog's mouth open is grab the jowls. Well, you grab you grab their like jowls and like curl it onto their teeth, mm-hmm. and then you know just kind of gently like squeeze. Yeah, because it's uncomfortable. Um, it's like going to the dentist, and they'll then they'll just kind of open their mouth, like ah. I know. I'm sorry, bud. Um, but yeah, anyway, I might try and figure that out because I think that might be fun if we can figure if I can come up with a way that like regardless of how many people are in class yeah. to like create like an A B squad mm-hmm. that like pit together. <laughs> that could be fun. It might be an interesting one. Yeah. Either that, or I'm just gonna say fuck that and just do a workout. Just do a normal partner workout. Partner workout. Uh, I've got that one written that I sent you. We could. <laughs> you do. We could. Brain tease that one. I might, I might just steal that. You might as well. See. Who knows? Um, just maybe like change it up like because of his partner. Because I think I have it as 20 minutes. Maybe make it like a, I don't know, maybe split it up into two workouts. and 
Yeah, I want to do something different. I'm going to go back and look at like what the partner workouts have been yeah. and see if I can come up with... They're all the same. <laughs> they're all similar? Yeah. Yeah, see if I can do something like a little bit different. I feel like they're all like just 30-minute long workouts. I mean, yeah, that's that's usually what it is. But, but like oh, with our creativity, I mean, like we've done it before. We've yep. separated like three eight-minute AMRAPs or like four six-minute AMRAPs and with like two-minute rest in between. Like, And that still crushes your soul. You know what I might do? Hmm. Depending. Hmm. I did a part like a partner fantasy land workout once. What in the hell? You never you ever see this is this is OG this is old well not OG but like old school CrossFit stuff when yeah. back when CrossFit was cool. Fantasy. So Rich Froning mm-hmm. did this workout called Fantasy Land, which was twenty. Let's see if I remember these numbers right. It's twenty one fifteen nine pull ups, pull ups, um, thrusters, mm-hmm. and then it was like eighteen. 12, 9, or something like that, or 15, 15, 12, 9, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was 15, 12, 6, whatever that, whatever that breakdown usually is. Um, chest to bar pull ups, yeah. thrusters at uh, 115. Higher weight. And then it was 963 muscle ups, 135. 135. I vaguely remember this workout. So I remember I tried to do that by myself once, and that took forever Mm-mm. like alone that was a rough workout and then so then we were like okay because we used to do like partner workouts at my old gym and we're like all right let's not do that as an individual one let's make it a partner workout yeah so then me and um steven did that one together and that was still a horrendous workout which is weird because i can see you both crushing that together yes except at that point he sucked ass at <laughs> he sucked ass at thrusters <laughs> he it's was hard wa- to see steven sucking at anything it was wild. Oh. Um, yeah, there was a couple things. I also beat him. I beat him a lot at, at one point in time. At one point in time. Yeah, not anymore. He will destroy. He will destroy me and everything. He's a monster. But anyway, besides the point. So that might be a fun one to like, kind of think about something along those lines. But it'll just depend. Like, I gotta see what the work. I don't know what. I haven't looked into the what the workouts are for like the rest of the week. So I don't want to like over overkill anything. They've got Sunday to recover. Well, I'm sure Monday will be snatches again. But we also Friday. don't know what Friday is going to be. Oh, that's true. So, like, I can look through. I can essentially look at Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what Friday is going to be. So you have to adjust accordingly. So I'm I'm going to have to like probably write up something Thursday night. Like I'll write something up yeah. and then see what comes out for Friday. Make an <clears> adjustment <throat> and then yeah. throw it in, or just make it up on Friday. That's yeah. fine too. It's not that hard to do. Yeah. Um, since this is, it's it's nice because it's. Like, I don't have to necessarily think about, like, any st- structured programming on this one because right. it's just, like, it's a sweat fest. Yes. Um, so that makes the the decision-making process that much easier. Of course. Um, which is fine. Whatever. Um, You're getting a side eye. I know. It's fair. He's mad at me. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to say? I can't remember. Oh. So I want to try... So this is what I want to talk about when we're talking about running. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am like becoming more and more solidified in my view of how to train for a long distance run Mm -hmm. with like the heart rate time thing that I did because I'm, I'm noticing. So I'm noticing this like trend, right? And I kind of already knew this existed from like prior work with like endurance, endurance teams, but like the, their runners are so dogmatic 
with the way that they go, like more often than not with the way that they go about the running of you need to have, they speak in mileage per day, mileage per week, increasing mileage per week. You need to hit this amount of miles. I've heard that at this point to say that you're even ready to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's like this very consistent structure of like, you know, short run fart licks, which I actually don't hear that term too much anymore. It's fart, a, fart licks? Fart licks. It's a Swedish word. <laughs> um, Those are two American words right there. Fart lick. <laughs> it's spelt funny, too. There's a random random K somewhere in there. At the um, end? No, actually. It ends, I think it ends in a C. Fark lick. Fark lick. Fart lick. I don't remember. Anyway, point is, um, it's essentially like a, an interval run. So it's like a... So you're going to run five miles, and it's like a a, a five-minute fast, two-minute slow, or... Mm you know, a mile, a half mile fast, half mile slow, whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever variation you want to throw into it. But, um, and then there, then there's like the Saturday long run and like you have the recovery run. And then maybe sometimes people incorporate like a different type of like speed run or a tempo run, run, whatever. But it's usually very consistent across the board for almost like everybody that I've ever talked to when Mm -hmm. it comes to like running. Yeah. Um, and the people that I work with, like they're, they're really beating themselves up and I'm, I'm like, it's really hard to break this cycle. Um, cause there's like a, one of the guys that I worked with, like was doing, he hired a coach, which actually I'm going to go meet with the coach sometime next week, which I'm very excited about. Um, cause he's got an interesting concept about how to go about this with, he'll do like three, maybe four runs a week. Yeah. Um, and it's not completely, I need to find out more, but from what I've gathered, it's not completely about, like specific mileage or like specific mileage for the week. Um, and he had one of my guys running, like running for like a, um, running a, based on like a, just a, the intensity of the run, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm curious to see what this guy's got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm finding like, he, even he was like, or my, my client was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't get my, my, all of my miles in this week. He's like, you know, I, I'm just afraid that I'm going to get worse. And I'm like, that doesn't, that's not how this, it's yeah. not really you, how this works. You don't works. immediately just decay. Yeah. You, like it, it doesn't just completely <laughs> go away. Like, you know, you're, I'm like, your capacity yeah. is, is there. Yeah. Like you can run that. But I mean, that's a common thing across all sports really. Like, like if I took two days off cross, like, Oh my God, I fucking, you know, I don't want my, my engine to die it's like it's not gonna die it's maybe a day slower but it's not gonna die like yeah well but with like crossfit with like most strength sports yeah there's there's the concept of deload yes exists right within cycles and is there not the concept of deload and running sometimes okay but not that much okay at least from what i've seen yeah um i am not a running coach uh-huh. um nor am i an endurance coach you're just a runner boy so I, I can't speak on all aspects of it. I'm sure it exists, but from most of the people that I've worked with, that's almost never the case. Um, it's like, here's a 16-week plan. You're going to do these runs the entire 16 weeks. Sometimes there's like slower, like slower weeks, but you're almost always like, what I've seen is like just very consistent in like building your mileage. Sometimes it'll stay stagnant, but it'll almost always is like increasing until before the race, then it drops off. To like recover, which is crazy. But anyway, besides the point. Um, and so I'm like, I was like, you know, that's not exactly how this works. And so I like for, and then for today, my dude is just like, he's beat to shit. Like he walked in and I'm like, oh, you don't, 
you don't look good today. Yeah. Um, he was like, I am, he's like, I'm just exhausted. I am tired. And I was like, so I was like going through the process of like, how's your food? How's your, you know, the kind of the main things mm-hmm. like, how's your hydration? How are you recovering? How's your sleep? For the most part, I like kind of checked the boxes though. His eating could be a lot better. Um, and I was like, what have you been doing this week for your, like you're running? Cause he's contemplating training for like doing a marathon. So he's okay. kind of training for one. Yeah. And he like, he's kind of like off the script when it comes to like a standard training plan okay. or the plan that he was on. So he was like doing some runs with a friend, but he did like two different like speed workouts. Like one was a track day, which he went like a thousand percent. He went like almost a hundred percent, Jesus. Um, which he shouldn't have. And then he did like another sprint workout that was like essentially hill repeats. Um, and again, just like kind of went too like went too hard. And so that on top of like some of the longer runs he's done this week, he's just, he's beat to shit. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, how about, I'm like, what's the plan for tomorrow? And he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, well, if you were to run, what are you going to run? He's like, oh, maybe 10 miles. I'm like, okay. How long would it take you to do 10 miles? He's like, maybe about a little under two hours. He's like, 11 miles would take me about two hours to the T. I'm like, sweet. I'm like, just do a two hour run. And I'm like, and run by feel. And so, and it's like, that was like my attempt. I'm like, I'm now, my new like goal in life is to try and like change the way that runners are running. Yeah. Because instead of hitting that number, I was, hold on, let me rephrase that. Okay. I want to change the way that recreational runners are running. Because I think for the average Joe and Jane, Mm -hmm. like it's, there's better ways to go about it that are a little bit healthier and also a little less stressful on the body. Right. Um, so that, that's, that's what I want to do. I, to tap into that, I think that's been something that you've actually put into practice. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but like, that's how you had me run when I was doing like the, the, the assault runner stuff, the assault runner stuff, or like you would say, go like, how long does it take you to run a mile? I would say like probably 10 minutes and you'd be like, okay, Go for a ten minute mo- or ten minute run, see where you're at. Go by feel, or we would do the thirty on thirty off, or thirty walk, thirty jog, thirty sprint, or whatever it was. Oh, around the block. Uh, yeah, around yeah, the block, was- and then the air runners. Like those were fun. Like that was like very, but like the emphasis behind your statement was always like go by feel. Like even if your sprint just feels like a run, and your jog feels like a walk, and your walk feels like a crawl, like just keep moving. Yeah. Okay, maybe I have. I don't yeah. know. I've I've kind of had this thought process about like CrossFit as well on like r- how to go about like auto regulation. Mm-hmm. So auto regulation is just kind of a fun way to say like how how can you manage your effort essentially based on feel. So Correct. some people like they use like RPE, right? Mm-hmm. Rate of perceived exertion, which is a weird scale of like two to 14 or something like that. Um, I don't know why it's like that, but whatever. Um, but so, but with talking to one of my clients when we were talking about running and they were asking more questions about like the way that I kind of planned my runs again, which was just time and heart rate, um, with the occasional distance, like kind of time trial. But what I realized, which I didn't intentionally put into this was there is a, uh, there is self, there is already auto-regulation put into this, put into this program. So if you are like, if you are stressed, you don't sleep well for everybody who's got a whoop might understand this. 
um, other than just trying to, uh, you know, self-maspiratorily say that they, they're on the grind um, because they're not recovering. But Stay grinding. Stay grinding, baby. But the... Um, if you're like, if you don't get enough sleep, your eating's off. Maybe you're dehydrated to some degree. Uh, you're stressed, whether that's like work, life, whatever the case is. Right. This generally has an effect on your heart rate. So if you have, if you are in like a negative in any of those things that I just named, you generally have an increased resting heart rate, and then therefore you're going to have an increase in your working heart rate. So with the way that my stuff was planned, is if I was going into my runs with uh, some sort of like stress or I kind of dug myself into a little bit of like a training hole, then my heart rate would be higher. So when I would go out for my runs, my runs would have to be slower yeah. to meet like whatever heart rate that I had. So it kind of automatically forced me to run slower to maintain my heart rates. And then on days that I felt really good or say I was recovered, then I might be able to run faster because now I've kind of like gone over that curve of like, you know, super compensation essentially mm -hmm. for running. Um, and so that was kind of like a weird, weird mind blowing thing that happened in my head where I was like, oh shit, like there's an interesting, there's a secondary interesting concept to running based off of heart rate um, versus just getting the miles in. Right. Um, what's a, what's, what's a good average resting heart rate? Um, age changes that yeah um and then obviously fitness level will change that as well but right. i think it's somewhere around like 60 to 70 is kind of like the oh, like good the good numbers cool for the most part i think as you age the number tends to drop mm -hmm. um you tend to have a lower resting heart rate assuming no other like medical conditions yeah um if you're like very fit right so sometimes usually like vo2 max um will change that or if you have a higher vo2 VO2 max, you tend to have a lower resting heart rate. Mm -hmm. um, usually endurance, people tend to have very low resting heart rates just because their body's adapted. Yeah. Um, bigger heart, that type of thing. I got a big heart. My big heart. No, <laughs> but I think uh, I think last time I checked, I think it was around playing around 60 to 64. Just like calmly breathing and sitting back. and Yeah. Yeah. That's usually pretty. It's pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm I was trying to get it below 60. <laughs> trying to get, oh, you're trying to force it to below 60. Yeah, I was like uh, taking bigger breaths and like slowly exhaling. Yeah, you gotta do like box breathing to do that. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So if you, you do like a, like a, a three second or four second like inhale, yeah. like a four second pause, like six second exhale type of thing, that'll yeah. drop your heart rate real fast. I probably don't want that. that. Huh? Like controlled though, right? You're not gonna just pass well, out. No, you're not just gonna pass out. Okay. Like it, it doesn't. <laughs> just, you, Start sleeping. <laughs> no. although, although for sleep, I do like I do like do the big breaths, exhale, slow count, and then like that helps me when I'm trying to go to sleep. Is like I guess box breathing, but like big deep breaths, exhale, hold, and then big deep breath. And yeah, the the bo the box box breathing just means like if you were to look at like a chart mm -hmm. or a graph, essentially, it, it would be like boop. yep, like your inhale, it, like your the time. The time is essentially like the up or mm -hmm. like the inhale. So you'd like inhale, you see the line go up, like you hold, you see the line just kind of go across and then down the would be like the exhale, right? And yeah. that's just kind of the way that it's at. And you usually sometimes do like a hold at the at, at the, the exhale, exhale as right, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is like, uh, which I actually did a little bit today was um, diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. So just breathing, essentially belly breathing. I was trying to do that between the wall balls. 
it's a little bit harder <laughs> when you're under when you're under duress. I was like, <gasps> but that's a very good practicing to have too, um, to like box or like belly breathe. Yeah. So if you don't know how to do this, it's a very good thing to practice because one, it also uh, essentially de-stresses your body. Um, so we have something called. So if you ever heard of HRV, right? It's essentially HRV is heart rate variability, which essentially is the 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 time between heartbeats. So it's usually measured in like milliseconds. There's a bunch of ways to figure this out. I don't. I'm not going to get into that. But um, HRV is usually a symptom of like stress, right? So if you generally, if you have like a higher HRV, um, you're probably your body is a little bit more stressed. But you can actually go through like a breathing like a, a short breathing practice yeah. and it can essentially reset your HRV or your stress level in your body um, to bring you into more of a relaxed state versus like the fight or flight. Um, so that's, a, that's like a really good thing to do like pre-training as well. If mm-hmm. you get like pre whatever jitters to like sit there somewhere, close your eyes, like focus, like put your hand on your stomach and focus on like pushing your stomach out, breathe, like pulling it back in um, as you kind of just like slowly controlled breathe um, can help set you up for success. Right? I just call the nerves. I just get pretty, poop sometimes pretty, works yeah, too. I just poop. Um, but no, I was like, I think that's what helped me get through the last set of wall balls was like, not the box breathing, but like the, the diaphragm breathing. Like I was taking in like bigger breaths through my stomach or through my diaphragm rather than just trying to breathe like through my lungs. So I was like, like, and like I, I could feel it like go, okay, like we've got the air in, I can let it out and I'll take another breath. And that second breath is like, okay, we're back to life. Let's go pick up that ball. Yeah. Well, even, even between rests, that's usually a really good thing. Like I I definitely didn't do it in the snatches. (laughs) Well, I I sat, I sat hunched over and like, (sighs) no, well, that's different. You're fine. (laughs) It's a little bit of a different story, but the, um, like breathing between workouts is like during exercise is an interesting one. Like, you're you're probably for the most part not going to be able to belly breathe the entire time. Like right. at a certain point, you're gonna start chest breathing. Mm-hmm. The problem that comes in is when you are like aggressively chest breathing, and you'll see like people's like necks start to f- like fire up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, that's something you kind of don't necessarily want because one that tends to induce like a more of that like re- that fight or flight response. Yeah. So you tend to get more like amped up mm-hmm. in a negative way. Yeah. And then. Um, two, you start getting all these accessory muscles to start firing for like to help breathe. So that's why sometimes like under like hard workouts, like after really hard workouts, sometimes people will be like, my collarbones are sore or like my neck is sore. Yeah. And that's because you've been like so aggressively chest breathing that these like extra muscles uh, essentially overwork to get your like chest to expand. Um, I think I had that in my like younger days of CrossFit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was just like, eh, my neck. <sighs> yeah. And like, and Generally speaking, as people kind of go on, um, you tend to kind of learn how to breathe with the rhythm of the movements. Yeah. Um, Which is another crazy concept, right? You're learning how to breathe all over again. Yes. And that's something that I think, like, I almost, I'm contemplating trying to figure out how to do, like, a workshop on that. Because I definitely notice a lot of people. Of no breathers? Either don't breathe or breathe at very unopportune times. Yes. Inopportune times. Yes. Um, And, like... And then also the idea of just a rhythm rhythm to movements. Mm-hmm. Because like a lot of the people that I've talked to that I've been working with that have issues with, say, like toes to bar, it's all a rhythm issue. Yeah. And it, it's it's not because they don't have the strength or the flexibility to do it. It's because they don't understand how to like move to make this happen. Yes. Um, 
and that, and but of what I've also noticed, or definitely noticed, this applies to almost any movement that you're going to be doing that's repetitious. Rowing does it. If you're doing deadlifts, deadlifts has it. Like um, Olympic all, lifting all has it. Like have it, yeah. And then any gymnastics thing, like there's a rhythm to the breathing mm-hmm. for wall balls. Because wall balls have a natural rhythm to them. Everyone's yes. is going to be ever so slightly different. Right. But like they're everything, everybody has their own natural rhythm. There is an up and a down. Always. <laughs> and like it, it's, it's very interesting to, to kind of think about that. And then how can, you, how can you effectively use your breath to one, maintain, like help you maintain rigidity in a movement. Yes. While also like still getting the like oxygen in. Double unders. Double unders is one where I like, so for me, I continuously breathe. There is no holding my breath. Yes, same. For double unders. Same. And that's an, double unders is already like an aggressive, like skill to, to acquire. Um, Let now like to then also try and like tack on breathing on top of it is a whole other beast to have. And uh, I've working with a couple people trying to figure out double unders. I've also like wonder Wonder if if it's even worth trying to talk about breathing in the early stages. Probably not. Rather than just like let's get you to the the skill itself, get comfortable with that, and then we'll talk about how like how to breathe during I've it. I found myself adjusting people's hands on the rope because they're all like death gripping yeah. near the ball, and I'm like, you gotta. Or at the very end, or or at the tips, right? And I go, you gotta like place your thumb. Here's the bottom of your handle. Place your thumb. Grab it from there. Right now, you have some control. Just do this. What I know, what I when I do double unders, I notice that I pretty much only hold it with like my first three fingers, like my thumb, pointer, and middle finger. For me, it's just this for the most part. Yeah, and then I, like, I don't even do the three. It's just yeah, and like I think the my middle finger is more of just like a placeholder. Yeah, and then yeah, most of the time, like my pinky and ring finger, like are barely yeah, touching right. Actually, the ring. I think my I think my middle finger like holds like maybe the butt of the handle, maybe. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's really interesting, like the the uh, the fine details, right. of like some of these things that really do make a massive difference yeah. in your ability to perform. Um, I was teaching centrifugal force or centrifugal motion. What isn't it centrifugal force where the the, uh, the closer or the ball gets to? I forgot how to explain it, but. What are you trying to explain? The 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 way the ball and the cable work on the rope, if you have more tension closer to the ball, it will rotate less. Whereas if you have if you grip it lower and have less tension towards the ball, it's allowed to whip faster. Mm, yeah. I think that's centrifugal. Because there's two. Yeah. There's centrifugal and centripid centripetal. Definitely not centripetal. Centrifugal. I think it's centrifugal. Yeah. Because that's a sec- effectively when you like spin a bucket of water, mm-hmm. that's what keeps the water, the, the water bucket. inside the bucket. Yeah. But then, and then is it centripetal is the opposite direction, which is a weird one. Isn't it like just force in one direction? No. Cause I think it's centripetal force is what will like, if you ever hold a candle. Yeah. So if you hold the candle at arm's length and you spin, um, you spin around, keeping it at arm's length and you can look at the candle, the flame of the candle will tilt in towards you. Which seems like it would go in the opposite direction, but I, I, my, I'm a little de- late on my physics, so I, or it's been a little while since I've studied physics, yeah. so I don't remember exactly like the reasons behind that. Um, 
but yeah, there's a there's a weird counterforce to that. Huh. Yeah, if you if you want to like a weird experiment to try just at home, grab a candle. Just yeah, light like light a candle. You don't have to go fast, but yeah. just kind of like slowly like spin in place, and you'll notice that the flame leans towards you. That's crazy, huh? I would think it would go. Its tailwind would pull it in the direction of like whatever way you're turning. There, there. Um, let's see if I remember this. Uh, Mark Rober who's like one of the science YouTubers uh-huh. did a video similar to the sim- similar to this. And it was with a balloon in a car. So there's a balloon like a, with helium taped to the floor of a car. And so when you would drive, the question was, would the balloon go backwards towards the back as you mm-hmm. drove kind of like you getting sucked into your seat or, or forward. would it drive forward. And if I remember this correctly, the balloon goes forward. I would imagine it goes forward though, because it's a floating ob- object and the car is actually the one moving the balloon is not right so like so the force applied is forward which means or no the force applied would be backwards if the motion is forward right so then it, the balloon is just an, a floating inanimate object therefore it would lean forward because it's moving with the car rather than the force being applied well no well the balloon's on a string sorry if i didn't make that oh. clear the balloon's on a string got it so if Never you were mind. that yeah that debunked yeah um, Mythbuster. Mythbusted. Yeah. So that that was the the question of like, would it drop drive? If you drove forward, would it go towards the drive, like the, okay. the front of the car, or would it go towards the back of the car? And it, if I remember correctly, it went towards the front of the car. Interesting. And I don't remember the counter movements as to why that's the case, but it's something along those lines. Watch the video. I find I find all of his shit very interesting. Uh, Mark Rober, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we talking about? Breathing. Oh, breathing jump helium. Ropes. Oh, yeah. Jump ropes. Oh, speaking of helium. Yes. So, right. So, you know how you inhale a bunch of helium. Your voice, voice goes high. up. Yeah. Right. Um, so, there's something else that you can get. And I don't know if I've ever showed this to you. So, it's something called sulfur hexafluoride. It's an inert gas. It's used for like industrial shit, but it doesn't it doesn't react to anything. I don't think so. Um, but it's, so it's denser than air. Mm-hmm. And so, you breathe in like a balloon full of this. And it goes down. And your voice drops like significantly. Damn. And it, it's so weird <laughs> to hear it done. Um, when I was in high school, my, my my chemistry teacher was awesome. And I remember like learning about this and I was like, can we get some just to like mess around with this? And he was like, no, no. like yeah. I, I'm can't. not becoming, I'm not being liable for that. <laughs> I mean, we did it all the time with like helium because right. it was fun. Um, but like, yeah, it, it was interesting. Like what you watch the videos, it's sulfur hexafluoride. Um, and just, I think Ellen DeGeneres did it like oh, on her geez. show at one point in time. Like it's, it's not a dangerous gas. Like yeah. it's, it's inert. Um, it isn't, I feel like nitrous also does the deeper voice thing. No, nitrous is, uh, uh, well, no, it would be, is it denser than air? Cause like when Dum Dum does it, his voice drops. Well, that's also because he's like wildly relaxed. Cause you get all fucked up from it, but like you can hear it, like it's normal, and then like he'll do it and be like, <laughs> maybe it might be. Maybe that is what nitrous oxide is N- NO3. Is it what's NO2? Is that nitric oxide, which is the acid? Oh, yeah, he don't do that, no, because that would kill you. Yeah, um, nitric acid, nitric acid is a very powerful organic acid. Or not organic acid, but acid for, that will dissolve organic things like skin and shit. 
Um, you saw in Breaking Bad? No, that's sulfuric acid. No, it's nitric acid. Oh, nitric acid. Um, sulfuric acid would do the same thing, but it's not as not quite as powerful. It would um, take longer. Yes. Um, in a bathtub. In a bathtub. Yeah, because because. But it doesn't react to rubber, apparently. It doesn't. Yeah. It's acids are so fucking weird, right? So we they will eat through everything. <laughs> not no, not all. <laughs> right. So their properties are so funky. God, chemistry is awesome. So like. Um, so there's there's certain like certain acids and I can't remember what they are, but like some of them have to be kept in glass. Oh, I remember we had this conversation. Some have yeah. to be kept in plastic. Yes. Right. There's certain like elements that have to be kept underwater. Mm-hmm. Right. And some have to be completely dry. Yep. Um, because they'll react to like moisture. Potassium. Uh, yes, potassium will react to water. So will uh sulfur mm-hmm. or sorry phosphorus. Um, but like, is it ye- yellow phosphorus? Reacts to air, so you have to keep that in water. Jesus. Um, yeah, because of the, uh, they're just weird properties. Um, but yeah, like there's a bunch of different like. So do they create yellow phosphorus underwater then? Like how like how does that naturally occur? Yeah, I think it. it pers- so w- don't quote me on this one because I'm not 100 percent sure. Right, I'm gonna quote I, you on it. I don't remember exactly. The I don't remember the process. Institute. The Science Institute. Yeah. I'm gonna report you to the higher authorities <laughs> of science of chemistry. Um. But what my guess is how it's made is that it's it's a precipitate, which means you think of a, a solution, which would just be like a liquid. Um, you do your you do your mixin, your alchemy, and whatever like a precipitate is essentially something that would uh, like a solid that can be formed out of a liquid. Um, so yeah, so my guess is that that's what happens, and then it probably just gets washed um, and then transferred to that. Because it's not so much that it immediately would immediately would just like react with air. It likely has to be dry. Does yeah. it just spontaneously combust? Right. I think. Um. But anyway, with like acids, like it's crazy. Like there's a bunch of different like strengths and weaknesses to like acids and bases and how like what they might destroy and what they won't. Um. So like, what am I? My favorite acid because I'm a nerd. Is called aqua regia. Aqua regia. Yeah, um, which is it's one of the only acids. Which I think it's a combination of nitric and I should know this now that I just said it's my favorite. Um, I liked the term um, nitric acid and something else. It's a water. It's, a, it's a mixture. No regia. No aqua well, regia. Aqua aqua regia is Latin for royal water. Oh, never mind. Um, so, so crown. So it's called royal water because it's one of the few that will dissolve um, like precious metals. Oh shit! And gold being one of them. That's crazy. So there's like there's like these stories of people dissolving like during like World War II that would like dissolve their gold um, in fear of like the Nazis coming in and taking their shit mm-hmm. and would see these just like things of jars, jars of jars of liquid. Yeah. And like think nothing of it, right? But essentially, through a pretty, a fairly simple process, you can reconstitute the gold out of this, out of this like acid solution, and just have your gold back. That's nuts. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's called royal water. There's the, the, the it was uh, it's been around for a long time. It's been known about that since like alchemy days because there's a um, I actually have a Marissa got me this this print mm-hmm. of um, so back in back in alchemy days there was um, this. Uh, I think he was fr- this French monk, Nicholas Flamel. No, Damn it. Um, I don't remember his name. But in one of his like alchemy books, he essentially wrote or like created these like designs 
to explain these like different properties of alchemy. And so there's one that's this like it's like a knight and a dragon and all mm-hmm. this stuff as like the like the alchemic symbol for like aqua regia. Um, or a painting of aqua regia. And then that little like triangle R thing that I have. Yeah. Or that you I showed you before. <clears throat> yeah. That's like the symbol, the alchemic symbol for oh. aqua regia. Okay. AKA royal water. That should be your you should start a drink, a protein water or a Protein water? Yeah. They used to have those things. Aquaregia. Yeah, this good the isopure. Uh-huh. You remember those? Not really. So is, isopure I don't Bring it back. No. Oh. One, it's it's like a, it's a fairly standard protein. Um protein. I forget what what version of it. It's, oh, it's it's protein isolate. Um, but it always it all tasted like ass. I'm sure. And <laughs> it, it was so gross and it didn't mix all that well. And it was like ninety dollars for like a two a two pound tub. Jesus, it was so expensive. But then they made like the isop- isopure drinks, which yeah. were super popular popular for like a long while. Um, but it like because it doesn't dissolve all that well, it was like super chalky. Ugh. Um, and it was like the least refreshing thing you could possibly drink after a workout. You're, after uh. a workout, yeah, because you're like you feel it like on your tongue. It like kind of like coats your mouth. It's it was horrible. That sounds disgusting. So like when I used to work for GNC, people were like, "Isopure is the good brand, right?" And I was like, "No, no, it's not." I'm like, "If you want, if you want to spend ninety dollars, go for it because it gives me a better commission. And I'll get money off of that." Yeah. And I'm like, "But in reality, just go buy one of these ones." Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a waste. It was such a waste. Um. Fuck. What's it? Oh, I gotta look this up because it's gonna bother me. Nicholas it's, Flamel. It's not. It's not Flamel. Uh, How do you know it's not Nicholas Flamel? Because I, I know the name. I know, I know what the name is not. Um, um, nitric acid and hydrochloric acid. Hydrofluoric acid is also very, uh, what's it called? Um, combustible? No, not combustible. None of them are combustible. Um, is also a very strong organic solvent, if you will. I think it's I think hydrofluoric acid is one of the like more uh aggressive um acids that you can like you can find. Okay. And then last thing that I wanted to say was uh RIP Louis Simmons. Oh yes. Our uh weightlifting founder. Wait, uh founder of um Westside Barbell a game changer in the way that we look at training kind of the creator of the conjugate method all right dynamic days brought sleds into the pop culture of training i want to train with more sleds implements but yeah yeah uh it passed away r.i.p and uh it kind of sucks like you know uh it's it's it sucks a lot because a lot of the the people who were kind of founders of not even founders, but the trends, not trendsetters. No, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like initiators. Yeah, people who like paved the way for like strength training and in, in a lot of the things that we know of today. Yeah, um, are kind of like slowly making their way out. Which, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, they're all those people are they're getting older. Um, but it, and it just it sucks to like see see that go, and um. Yeah, I think uh, I think for those of you that are familiar with him or have ever had a chance to 
like meet with meet him or ever, which I thankfully did. Um, I had the chance to like see him as a coach or coach you or just coach in general. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty wild, pretty powerful. Um, and really, really like, uh, uh, profound is like, I'm using a lot of really strong words, kind of un, not necessarily, but I guess to some degree, it's truly how I feel about the situation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, sucks. <laughs> but, but for those of you familiar, like you, you would also be able to appreciate kind of like the, the, ch- the change that he made on essentially the things that we know today. A lot of what we know today about like training plans with powerlifting for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was kind of like, what was it? He was always constantly like known for, he's also known for having uh, very aggressive opinions on his way, on his way kind of over the highway, but he had the, you know, the experience and the, the uh the accolades behind him of all of the people that he's worked with over the dozens of years to uh back up his aggressive views yeah <laughs> he's kind of like mike boyle in that regard uh he's like no you know i don't care what your textbooks say i've seen it work thousands of times it works it works um but yeah that was i was fortunate enough to back in the back in the day in chicago we used to have um like the the annex is what we call it. one of the, the annex that we called it, which was like the powerlifting side of the gym. Yeah, um, that pretty much followed like the conjugate method. And it's a wildly strong dude sitting back there. But yeah, at one point, <laughs> um, Louis made a made his way through and did a uh, like a seminar about that. That was at like the back side of CrossFit Chicago, right? No, there was another side room. CrossFit Chicago was. It was so huge. much bigger than most people knew. I just remember, like, so the main, like, the front room is the CrossFit. Then there's like the like where the bikes and rowers, where bikes and rowers were, and like the med balls and foam rollers, and mm-hmm. there's a bathroom. And then like you go through, there's like the office, and then there was a, another room in the back, another giant room in the back. He was huge. There was also like a room up top, that, uh, like in also, the middle of all of those. Yes, but then there was a another room within that building. Jesus, that was. The, just the weightlifting stuff or the, the powerlifting stuff. So yeah. it was all like conjugate. Wow. Yeah. It was wild, man. That place was monstrous. Uh, rip. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that little bit out there. And Rest in peace, Louie. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, I would highly recommend, you know, maybe maybe one day we'll talk talk a little bit about the conjugate method and I guess some of the the things that Louie has brought to the table for health and fitness. Yeah. Or I guess fitness. Not so much health. <laughs> Um, or strength, I should say. Strength. That would be the better way to describe it. Um, but yeah, these dudes are aging, and it's uh kind of sucks to see a lot of these a lot of these people start making their way out. So, anyway, Rip Louie, Rip Louie, rest in power. Literal power. Literal strength and power. Um, but anyway, that being said, uh, anything else you want to add? I got nothing. All right. I said my piece. <laughs> You've made your piece. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Jib Guy. Fuck Jib Guy. All right, Eric. Where can people find us? You guys can find us on our Instagram at another period rep period podcast, and you can email us at another rep podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We haven't done that in a while, and we nailed it. <laughs> and uh, occasionally Twitch. We haven't done that in a while. Also haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I've been busy, man. I can't help you that. You and me both, man. You yeah. and me both. Also, probably nobody wants to watch what I'm streaming, so. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Lost Ark is boring. 
Yeah, and I'm not that good at Rocket League. <laughs> I'm getting better. I would say you, you've definitely gotten better since I first started watching you play Rocket League. Oh, yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like, yeah. Leaps and bounds better. I, uh, I am finally steadily within the platinum ranking, which is not that high. Yeah. Um, but I'm a, like a solid plat two. Hopefully, this season of Rocket League, I would like to get into maybe like diamond? get into like the diamond. Like maybe maybe mid diamond would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe champ. Who knows? Oof. But that's a stretch. Oof. All right. That's a that's a that's a big one. You start getting signed by pros. Not even close. <laughs> the, I was trying to explain to somebody, like, how difficult Rocket League is. And it's like one of the few games that like really has so much that you have to like learn. Yeah. Um, and it's just car soccer. Like that's all it is. But holy shit! But controlling it, that car. Holy shit! Is it complicated? Yeah. Like I cannot stress how complicated that goddamn game is. And to like, and so like, there's ranking systems, right? It's like bronze, gold, or bronze, silver, gold, um, platinum, diamond, champ. And then there's Grand Champ, and then there's SSL, which is Supersonic Legend. Got it. And so that's like the peak level. But even then, at the peak level of this game, which people put like thousands of hours in to get to that point, then you have pros. And like the skill gap between like the best players and then the professionals is so mind-blowing. Um, but I, and I was like trying to explain to somebody what that is. And I was, and so I was like, I'm like, think of like, the hard part is most people don't even understand how good pros are, like professional, real sport athletes, if you will. So like, I'm like, LeBron James is the pro. I'm like, and then like, think of like working your way down to like, say my level would probably be somewhere akin to like a really, really good high school player. (laughs) And like a really, really good college player who doesn't make the pros would be like the, an SSL. Wow. I would say. And then you have the pros. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, maybe like an SSL is like NBA and then like the outliers, the ones who are like just freakishly good yeah. are, would be like the pros. It's crazy to me. And, uh, it, yeah, if you just don't understand, if you've never like played the game or like put any level of time into the game, to try and like you you just have it's hard to conceptualize how hard this goddamn game is yeah i think that's why i've been playing it so much too you do like a challenge yeah it's like and it's fun too because you can also like actively see your progress happen that you don't like which i used to get you get in like say like call of duty or stuff like that when you're like oh you're like learning the maps you're learning like where people like spawn locations you're actually like learning like how to move the, the character around and you know, how to aim and like how to shoot and blah, blah, blah. So like there's like skill to be learned in almost every game. But like I do not agree that it compares in any way yeah. to like to Rocket League because I once was very, very good at <laughs> Call of Duty <laughs> back in the day. God, I remember those back in the days. I used to yeah, be, this was like... used to be really good. Like now Black just, Ops 2. Now I'm, now I'm just okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, but okay, cool. Anyway, anything else? Mm, fuck Jib Guy. Fuck chip guy. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.